Welcome back. I am Mark McCrory, a pastor in Arizona. You can follow me at Desert Pastor on Twitter. Uh, if you're on our podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe and start getting our uh, content from Bible studies to messages, series, and, and the study we're in today, Tough Questions About God. This is the last uh, question I've got for this episode, and it's, how could a loving God send someone to hell? I mean, there's another question that's uh, puzzling to us. And again, it's a pretty common question uh, for people to ask. And I'd like to start really with just kind of talking about hell. We don't uh, talk about it as much as we used to. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for uh, uh, all churches, uh, at least in the West. Well, it's not uh, the fire and brimstone type sermons I sat through when I was a, a little kid uh, getting pounded uh, every single week. Uh, and <laughs> actually, actually that term, right? Fire and brimstone, that literally uh, <clears throat> brings up those images of, of hell and burning. Well, a lot of what we uh, believe or, I don't know, picture uh, as hell today uh, actually goes back to uh, Dante's Inferno. Uh, there's a, a, a work of literature called The Divine Comedy that was written by Dante Alighieri. And he lived, oh, well, I'm sorry, he, he didn't live. He, he worked on this uh, book for many years. He completed it around 1321 A.D. So think about how long ago that was. And it's actually considered just the central epic poem of Italian literature. It's the, the peak, the, ep, you know, the peak of all uh, writings. And the poem is so imaginative and uh, has these allegorical visions of the Christian afterlife. It's really a, a culmination of the medieval worldview that Dante uh, lived in. It's a view that had developed in the church in the West uh, during the Middle Ages. So Dante was uh, very creative in his depiction of hell. And I'll show you two images here, I'd say designs essentially. So there's uh, one that's got some nice pictures that kind of show the different levels. And then hopefully the other one, maybe if you pause it, you can read the, the different layers of hell. So. Uh, the way Dante depicted it, it was this enormous pit with these concentric rings like a spiral going deeper and deeper down with each kind of loop. And each ring had its own punishments and each punishment is based on the severity of the sins. And, and <laughs> there's some really nasty stuff that Dante dreamed up. Uh, I'll skip that and just get to the bottom of the pit of hell is where Satan himself is. And he's frozen in ice up to his waist. And in his mouth is Judas, the, the betrayer, the traitor. And Judas is being gnawed by Satan for eternity. <laughs> it's, it's a rather terrifying picture. And there's some pretty horrible, uh, despicable things that are up on some of the higher levels, again, based on the severity of people's sins. Now, uh, there are many readers through the Middle Ages who read Dante and they were terrified into repentance. 
So uh, maybe there's uh, some purpose there. But pictures of hell and uh, the ideas of hell persist right on uh, to our own present day in literature, in pop culture. Maybe you're familiar with some of the images of hell or maybe of the devil. He's red, he wears long-handled underwear and carries a pitchfork. And it's usually done in a really lighthearted and almost cartoonish way. Uh, maybe that's because the idea of a real hell is too terrifying. So we flee to comedy to try to escape the heaviness of it and just the, the terror of it. And of course, there's a lot of jokes that are made about hell. I'm sure you've heard them many before. Regardless of how we feel about it, scripture is very serious about hell. Hell is very real. The punishment is real. In John chapter five, uh, Jesus said, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Jesus speaks very plainly about this eternal punishment for those who have done evil. And it's also uh, every bit as terrifying as people can imagine, and probably even more so. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus says, And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. Hell is no joke. People's imagination of hell is so real, it is so grim, so terrifying, that many people conclude that it just can't be. How could a God who loves his creation send any part of it to hell? Well, this is not a new idea, a new objection. It, it even has a name, universalism. Universalism is the idea that every single individual will go to heaven, everyone will be saved, and everyone is spared from hell. And the first reason they, uh, this idea is compelling, uh, it's very attractive, it's very comforting for human beings to think that it just can't be that someone would suffer for an eternity. It just can't be, it's not real. God wouldn't do it. The second reason that it's a compelling idea is that it lets us off the hook. Right? Everybody's going to be okay, so don't worry about it. And I've noticed many Christians that do not take hell very seriously. Not to mention non-Christians, of course. And it's probably because the idea is just so scary. But again, hell is a reality. And God defines reality, not us. Jesus talked about it. He talked about it often, and he described it as a place where the worm does not die and the fire does not go out. Uh, he talked about there being weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what will hell be like? Uh, we don't know exactly what it will be like, uh, but that probably doesn't matter. Uh, the Bible uses images, actually several different images, uh, fire, 
suffering. Um, but essentially, hell is separation from God. And it is a reality. And it is the fate of some, those who have rejected God. Now, uh, existing without God is incomprehensible to us. Uh, even to atheists, uh, they may not believe in God, but God is still present in this world, holding all things together, giving rain to the just and the unjust, crops that grow, feeding us, taking care of the world, holding it all together. So to exist, to be alive, to be conscious, and not have God present is something we can't imagine it. it, it We've never experienced it, no human has, and so there's just nothing to, to compare it to. All you can say is, it must be horrible. It must be just the worst, worse than anything we can imagine. Uh, but when we, again, talk about the idea of hell, and uh, the idea that uh, some people just try to re reject the notion uh, altogether, uh, well, we have to admit that even our world uh, demands a hell. <laughs> And maybe that seems weird for me to say, but we have, we do have a need for justice. I mean, there needs to be justice for what is wrong. And so we clamor for there to be a reckoning, something that will set things straight. It just really irks us to see someone getting away with murder. And I've even heard some people say about someone who's done a horrific thing, death is too good for him. That's just not enough. Uh, to bring about justice. And so even the world around us recognizes this need for a hell and the need of uh, a setting things straight. Otherwise, life just wouldn't be fair. And so we know that uh, who needs to go there, right? Right away, Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot. Uh, do you remember uh, Lee Malvo? Uh, do you remember Osama bin Laden? And so scriptures declare uh, the world recognizes the need for justice. So, the big question <laughs> this week, right? So who's going there? And how can a loving God send them there? Well, what's the criteria? Uh, we need to be clear. God does not arbitrarily send people to hell, nor does he delight in it. God is not sitting on a cloud with a thunderbolt just looking for people to damn. He doesn't operate that way. So the short answer for who goes to hell is those who have chosen it. It's not that God says, I'm sending you to hell because I don't like you. It's because they have said, I would rather have hell than what God is offering me. Now, if you're a Christian, you can't even imagine why anyone would say something like that. Um, well, there's uh, another book that in Paradise Lost by Milton. And he puts these words into Lucifer's mouth, uh, but it's a pretty accurate um, uh, representation of Satan's mindset. And Lucifer says, better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. See, Lucifer made his own choice. He said, I would rather be my own Lord than be subservient. 
God doesn't send people to hell arbitrarily. He confirms the choice that they make. They choose to reject his plan, his will, so he confirms it. And who are the people who would do that? Again, Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot, Osama bin Laden. They would reject God's plan. But if you start to think about the criteria, the people who reject God's plan, that actually describes every one of us. And that's the really terrifying thing. That's sin. That's, that's what sin is, going our own way. And sin is an endemic. It is a pandemic. It is an epidemic. It, it's everywhere. We are all caught up in sin. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. It's very clear in God's word. And, and Paul's not talking about physical death here or a temporal death. Right? He is talking about this separation from God. Hell is the punishment for sin. And sin is common to us all. So, who deserves hell? Well, the reality is every person deserves hell. I know it sounds harsh, but it is the reality because it's what we've all chosen. We all want to do our, our own thing and reject God's rules. And we've decided uh, to be autonomous individuals, rejecting the will of the Creator, rejecting His plan. It can be as simple as rejecting His plan to be kind to my neighbor. I'm going to do what I want to do instead. Sin! That's sin. And it's common. And it's worthy of hell. That's what Scripture gives us. And so we have these two realities. We have sin and a God who says that sin must be punished and the punishment is hell. And then we have the second reality that God loves us, right? God, our creator, our father, uh, the one who loves us profoundly and does not want to punish us. In fact, the Bible tells us that God wants to save everybody. He wants everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so the question is, what's it gonna be? Do I get the damnation or do I get forgiveness? Well, the solution comes in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who gets us out of this problem. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So the punishment for sin, the punishment for rejecting God, is to be cursed to hell, to be thrown into outer darkness. Well, this is exactly what Jesus endured as he suffered and died on the cross. He became the sinner. He took hell, literally damned by God the Father. Is this perfect justice? Yes. Yes, the wages of sin, the sins of the whole world, is death and hell. And that punishment has been handed out. Is this perfect love also? Oh yes. God uh, substituting his son 
for us in our place. So two realities. We have a God who damns his own son and a God who loves us and spares us what we actually deserve. So I pray you will receive this gift, receive forgiveness and eternal life, and then live in his grace. Hell is no longer your fate. We don't live in fear, wondering what's going to happen, or in fear, uh, hoping that we don't go to hell. We know we won't, because we are in Christ. So a God who damns is a reality that we have to deal with. We have to take his law seriously. But also a God who forgives and gives his son Jesus Christ and who acquits us is a blessing beyond anything that we can imagine. And I certainly pray that that joy will be yours. So how could a loving God send someone to hell? He doesn't. He simply confirms uh, that individual's own choice. Thank you again for listening in uh, on the podcast or watching our YouTube video. I pray you uh, are blessed by God's word for your life. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send me an email, info at dflc.org. Love to hear from you and hope to tune in to the next series.